Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Eating Salads. It is me again, Austin Crosby, and today we had a very, very colorful salad. You know, it's funny how I hear a voice. Wow, those are my neighbors watching TV. I can hear it really clearly through the wall. Whatever. They've been gone for months, and apparently they're back. I think it's been because of the pandemic that they've been absent, but there was one day I went out on the patio and I looked over and they were standing there. And it was kind of shocking because you would have assumed that they'd just moved. <sighs> okay, the joke is on me. It was actually the radio in the sauna, which I must have accidentally turned on earlier while playing with the remote while packing. Anyway, whatever. Call me stupid. Back to our salad. It was especially colorful. It had those shaved rainbow carrots, as well as assorted green, red, and purple tomatoes, and white asparagus, which I had never had before. And I steamed that, cooked it with some garlic, some lime juice, some salt, etc. It was really good. Over a bed of spinach with that Asian ginger dressing. I recommend you try that. It's crazy how there are so many varieties of vegetables that can come in many colors. When you see that many colors of vegetables, there's no way you can say no. So today we watched a movie called Peter's Friends. It starred Stephen Fry and Hugh Laurie, as well as Professor Umbridge from Harry Potter, as well as, was it Professor Marigold? Is that what his name is? The dark arts teacher who was famous. If you guys remember him, he was in it for one movie, the fourth movie, I believe. He was in that movie as well. It had kind of an ensemble cast for the early 90s. And I tell you what, it was an interesting movie. It also had quite the classic soundtrack. Wow, here comes Thunder. This is a real rumbly-tumbly episode with a lot of crazy noise interruptions. In fact, my stomach is kind of in sharp pains, which I think we all know what that means. Yeah, Peter's friends. There were a lot of arguments back and forth between these dramatic theater friends who are staying in the recently inherited house of Stephen Fry, and they all were dealing with their sexual tensions. They hadn't seen each other since they were, I guess, in college, slash also New Year's, and it was also New Year's again when they had this reunion. I love how in these movies where a bunch of friends meet up at a big house, they all revel in the presence of one another when they arrive at the same time, and then go up to their individual rooms to unpack, close their doors, and not see each other until dinner time. It's a movie trope that, as far as I can remember, is in every kind of dinner movie, whether it is House on Haunted Hill kind of movies or friend reunions like this one. I don't know. It was melodramatic. It was fine to have on in the background. I don't know if I'd give it top marks. And like many movies of the early 90s, it had a dramatic reveal about Stephen Fry's AIDS diagnosis. <gasps> Ooh, AIDS. And at one point he goes, Oh, don't worry. I'll be alive for a few more years if the statistics are to be trusted or whatever. And uh, yeah, it's crazy to think now you can get AIDS and just keep living your life practically. You just need to take a pill every once in a while. It was an interesting movie. It was shot on film. And again, you know, we talked about that movie yesterday. God, what was that called? I've already forgotten. Bottle Shock, that had Alan Rickman. And speaking of which, I put together while watching that movie, it was a 70s 
period piece with Alan Rickman and Chris Prime. It also wasn't very good. And while watching it, I started to think, hey, this kind of reminds me of CBGB, that other historical docu-fiction kind of movie with Alan Rickman about that nightclub, that rock and roll club, which I remember was made by that group that was doing that 70s historical fiction in Savannah the year before I went there for film school where that poor girl died on the train tracks and it spurred this whole movement for film production safety, etc. But that guy, the producer-director, went to prison, I believe. He at least faced civil charges for you know wrongful death or whatever. Well, I'm watching this movie and I think, okay, Alan Rickman's in it. It's about the 70s and it sucks. I wonder, and then I looked it up, sure thing it was by the same guy who, you know, caused the death of that poor girl, Sarah something. Well, guys, the thing that combines, merges rather, that movie from yesterday and the movie from today is that they are just missing this secret sauce. One of the scariest things about filmmaking is that you can think you have all your ducks in a row, a full crew, locations, set design with period piece things, Uh, and, you know, Alan Rickman is going to be in your movie. Oh my God, he's Snape in Harry Potter. And Chris Pine, oh, he's going to be in Star Trek in a couple years. And you think, wow, we have this great story, we're going to make a great movie. And then it's just like poorly edited, poorly directed. That's a really hard thing to put your finger on, but you know it when you see it. And it's terrifying to think that you could get millions of dollars together to make a movie and just not make that connection with your audience. Anyway... Thank you so much for tuning in, guys. I encourage you to eat a salad and uh, get out of your comfort zone. Also, get rid of some things. Clean up. Do that packing catharsis. Anyway, goodbye. Have a great one. And more than anything, please come again tomorrow.